Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know what's interesting about the Bucks season, which is now over for this year, after their 31-23 loss to the Detroit Lions in the NFC Divisional Playoff game, is this. You'll want more. I mean, if I'm a Bucks fan, I've seen this team take me on a on a roller coaster, quite frankly, and mm-hmm. and the game was sort of reminiscent of that as well. And you know, right till the very end, this group of players, and particularly led by Baker Mayfield, they never lost belief. It it never left their sideline the entire season. Not during losing six out of seven. Um, you know, not during, you know, the the poor game against New Orleans and Carolina, uh, certainly not against the Philadelphia Eagles, and then we went on that run where they won six out of seven, and not on the final drive when they were 99 seconds away um, and needed a touchdown and a two-point conversion and had one timeout. They really believed. And, I, I you know, I talked to Chris Godwin after the game. He's like, look – you know, we had a shot, and we thought that you know, with all the highs and lows, it's right there. It came down to that, you know, that final play. And of course, Baker Mayfield would like to have that throw back. I think Derek Barnes, their linebacker, made a great play, mm-hmm. and the place went bananas. It was an unbelievably loud, um, frenzied Ford Field. I've never seen an indoor stadium like this. I've been to a lot of them. Um, this one from before kickoff until well after the last play, was deafening. And yet they handled all of that and kept coming back, kept coming back, down 10-3, to ties it up right before the half, 10-10, to down 17-10, to ties it up 17-17. And, you know, I, I don't know what else Todd Bowles or anybody could have squeezed out of this bunch, but now it, it leaves you wanting more, and yet so much could change. And I'm talking like in the next couple months, by the time we get to the end of April or the end of March, actually, free agency or middle March, that this may be the only version of this team we ever see. I mean, every year is different, right? But think about all the futures we're not aware of, okay? Um, Baker Mayfield, who knows? Yes, he wants to come back. Yes, they would like to have him back. But there's a business element to it. And quite frankly, I think Baker, you know, rejuvenated his career this season. There's mm-hmm. no question about that. And there are, there are other teams that need quarterbacks. No question about that. And, look, I, I believe Baker will be back. I, I think they'll. I think he wants to be here. I think they'll figure out a way to make it happen. But it's not guaranteed. No. And because, you know, the Bucks are going to have a number in mind. Yep. That's but right. quite frankly, Baker can see the quarterbacks last year. The, who were the best free agent quarterbacks last year? They were getting $40 million a year. Yeah, Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. Carr got 150 million, and Garoppolo, you know, mm-hmm. was way up there in 80 million or so. Yep. And and so yeah. Baker's got to be thinking, I'm going to command that kind of money. Yeah. And, and, and are right the Bucks willing it. to to give him that kind of deal? We'll see. 
we'll see. And, and, and how much does that play into Mike Evans' future? Mm-hmm. You know, talk to Mike Evans after the game. And it was it was kind of surreal. It's was, it was kind of sad in a way. He said, you know, this franchise has been unbelievable to me and my family. I love this place. But we'll see. Like, they had an opportunity. Chris Godwin told me, I'm I'm mad that it even came to this. You know, I can't picture our team without Mike Evans. And, oh, by the way, the dude ain't slowing down. Now, he, he had another mm-hmm. drop that, you know, you would like yeah, to see him catch the ball. Yeah, a couple. One, one resulted in – yeah, two of them. And one resulted in an interception, which was not good. Um, but then he made some ridiculous plays. Yes. And he finished with, like, eight catches for 147 yards and a tutty. So you'll take it, right? And you take it next year and the year after. But that's another guy. He's got, you know, one more contract. Is he going to be too expensive at age 30? He hasn't slowed down, but what will they have to give him? Um, one guy I know that won't be back is Devin White. Mm-hmm. No question. I mean, if anything was playing in the biggest game of the year, the most important game obviously being the last one, uh, and they're 13 minutes from playing for to go to the Super Bowl – Devin White was nowhere on that field. In fact, I'll give you one better example. Before the game, you know who the guy at midfield on the paint, you know who was talking before the biggest game and what turned out to be the last game of the season? It was K.J. Britt. K.J. Britt, who doesn't have a C on his chest, was the guy that was pumping up his football team. And he finished with, I think, 12 tackles, had an unbelievable day, and Meanwhile, Devin White had one assist to show for it. Um, you know, and I mean, hell, even, you know, you want to really stretch it. We don't, what's the future of Dave Canales? He's going to interview for the Carolina Panthers job. I'll be honest with you, these last couple weeks, he certainly helped himself. You know, his offense went toe-to-toe with two really good teams that had been on top all year long. Um, so... It's interesting because for as much as they achieved, so, so there's so much uncertainty, and there is year to year, but at key positions with, you know, historically, you know, popular players, uh, future Hall of Famers, and we don't know about Levante David, even though I guess he he addressed the team after the game, didn't really speak to his future, but if you tell me that guy can't still play, Jesus, thirteenth mm-hmm. sack tackles. 13, a sack, two tackles for loss. And he's a free agent. No, he was he was fantastic. And look, the Bucks have some tough decisions to make. Now, you know, the, all that dead cap money, a lot of that's freed up now. And the cap yep, will go have up some. some. Room. So they mm-hmm. have room. It's just a matter of, you know, what priorities do they have? You know that they're going to sign Winfield or at least franchise him. Or franchise him, yeah. He won't go anywhere. Right. But that's going to be a raise in money. Huge, yeah. Uh, what Tristan Wirfs? That's another one, yeah. You know, so it, probably not going to play. They're going to have to prioritize where the money is, and, and what's you know, I, I think you know, and is Levante David willing to p- play on the same deal, or does he want to go get more money? Um, you know, yeah. those are questions that players have to figure out, and the team will have to figure out. Right, right, and, and so even though every year is different, like when you're talking about the quarterback, a, a Hall of Fame receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, a borderline Hall of Fame linebacker, for my money, he should be there, but he won't get there because he didn't make enough Pro Bowls, all that stuff, all that nonsense. Um, you're talking about the heart and soul of this team. And, you know, this league is about the quarterbacks. I mean, I, I was sitting here watching Jared Goff. That that guy, 
there's a reason he was picked number one overall by the Rams. Mm-hmm. And the Rams, you know, felt like he wasn't going to get him over the hump, at least while they were ready to win a Super Bowl. And so they made the deal for Matthew Stafford and sent him to what was then the NFL Siberia at, at, in Detroit. And he is a really good quarterback. Um, accurate, reads things quickly, avoids the bad play. Um, he he deserves everything that's coming his way this year. And heck, he's now sixty minutes from a Super Bowl in the Detroit another Lions. Super Bowl. This, he's been in a Super a, Bowl. Another Super Bowl. That's right. This I mean, think about that. Like you talk about resume and pedigree and things like that. Um, he'll be going to his second one, and he's fulfilled his promise as the number one overall pick. This is a really good Lions team. I mean, they've got playmakers everywhere on offense, um, running backs, receivers, tight ends. You know, um, <laughs> at one point, it was sort of like, hey, um, are you guys interested in remotely covering Sam Laporta? Because, like, he's just open all the time. You, you know? know, it was weird because in the first matchup, they put Levante David on Laporta, and he had a uh-huh. couple catches, but for the most yep. part, held in check and, and contained. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he covered him once today. I don't think he did either. In fact, I, I think what what the game plan was, from what I could tell, was they were going to stop the run. They committed again, not not quite the six man front, but committed a lot of resources to the run, which is why Britt was in there. Um, and they played zone behind it, you know. And then on blitz downs, and they did they did bring blitzes on third down when they were ahead of the chains, you know. Then then they played press cover. Uh, on on some of the corners and things, and they got away with it. Um, but the middle of the field was open all day. You know, it was just there for whoever wanted to take it um, because they were sitting back in zones. And then, you know, Jamel Dean gets hurt kind of late in the fourth quarter. They put in Zion McCallum, and they went right after him, you know, uh, as a good team would. And Zion's played really good ball this year. Um, you know, one of those touchdowns, I thought, that it was, and I don't know for sure, but it, it sure looked like, you know, they were playing kind of cover two, and the the Mike linebacker has the deep middle in cover two, and at the time it was Devin White, and he did not get depth at all. He kind of was in no man's land. The ball went over his head. I saw a lot of, you know, defensive backs and whatnot mm-hmm. talking to him after that play, um, but we'll see whose fault that was. They're just, you know, as Bulls said after the game, you know, we 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 blew some coverages. Like we we didn't we didn't make plays that we needed to make, and they took advantage of every one of them. And that's what that's what a good team will do. Um, but man, I you know it's curious because when you think of where this team was, you know, after the three and one start, and then you know losing what six out of seven or whatever it was, um, there was no way they were going to come back and and get to where they where they were. Um, and it was, you know, what's interesting is other than the Devin White saga, and, and there was some, you know, I think some miscommunications or at minimum, you know, some covering uh, of ones behind because we know what happened in Green Bay when he didn't get to play, um, said it was injury related, but that, that happened so late that there was something, there was some there there. Um, but aside from that, there wasn't a day where you sense that there was any kind of division on this team, discouragement. These guys were firmly behind their head coach, even though he was under fire. Um, I think he's, you know, certainly established his job security after uh, what he did in the postseason and winning his, you know, them winning their third straight title, second one for him. Um, 
And yet it's sort of maddening because they have this they have this team that's not still in transition and they kept a lot of pieces from the Super Bowl teams and some of them are still going to be here. But then you also have others that are going to more and more are going to depart like maybe perhaps a Mike Evans or a Levante David just from age and free agency. And so you wonder how quickly they can fill it and the number one piece is the quarterback, you know? And and to be honest with you, like I don't think it's a, it's much of an option. I mean, money will become obviously the the biggest, you know, negotiation that will determine whether or not he's back. But if you look around the NFL, I mean, what would Baker Mayfield do in year two in this system? You know, he came in, he didn't know any players, he didn't know he didn't know Dave Canales. Canales had never called it. It evolved throughout the year. And if you could start at the point where they left off today uh, and pick it up in year two, how much better Baker Mayfield would be, how much better his receivers would be. A lot of young guys got a lot of experience this year, man. The Mm -hmm. Trey Palmers, you know, um, Kate Otten, you know, shine through again. Just just a lot of players really on both sides of the ball. Uh, But they're still sort of, you know, even though I think they're like the fifth youngest team, um, they still have some veterans that they have to deal with. And, you know, but this division, we'll see, you know, who Atlanta hires and Carolina. um, And I guess New Orleans, you know, is going to keep Dennis Allen. It's still very winnable, but you got to have the quarterback. I I think this whole thing, and I would say even the whole season, Steve, the belief, the belief that this team held on to came from their quarterback who would not quit, who was just a baller, who just – Laid it out there every play. And was he perfect? No, he wasn't. You know, his first interception went off of Mike's hands. The last one ended the season. Um, but he brought them juice. He brought them relevance. He brought them wins. Um, and he also was, you know, struggling to go up and down like his team. But he, he figured it out. And in the bigger games, he played really well. Um, and so, you know, I know Baker and I know what it would mean to him to come back here. And the other thing that will be overlooked is how, how how tough he was. I mean, this guy, I wrote about his body coach. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the, the guy from Arizona, he flies in. But um, he a lot of players would not have played with what he had, especially in the uh, the Carolina game that they needed to win and, and did win nine to nothing. But he looked, he did not look good in that game for obvious reasons. But for him to come back and fight with this team all year long – the fight is what everybody to a man talked about. You know, they lost games. They lost a lot of games, right? But by gosh, they fought every single team they played. And I, I think that's, you know, you're getting paid. I mean, you should you should give it your best effort. But, you know, it's rare in this business when you have 53 players, a bunch of coaches, and usually a bunch of them have their own agendas for everybody. And I mean everybody to be in lockstep with, Hey, just just stick to the process, you know, and we're get behind these coaches and we're going to win, and and that's what they did. So from my perspective, and I've been doing this a while, I was trying to think if they had won this game, Steve, and gone to the NFC title game, and they weren't that far from doing that, that would be an. I, I mean, probably this team and maybe the 1979 Bucks, you know, after that horrible start they had as a franchise, zero and twenty six, and all of that. But even the even the even those Buccaneers in '79 started out, I think, five and zero, and so you know they got off to a better start. 
So for most of the year, it was fairly understood that they were going to go to the postseason. This team was three and one, and then like in four seconds, they were not. <laughs> they were four and seven. So this was one of the more would have been one of the more and is one of the more unexpected turnarounds um, that the Bucks had had. And if they had gone to that championship game, it might well have been the damnedest thing that's ever happened to a Buccaneer team. You know, because just out of nowhere, if they'd have been playing San Francisco next Sunday, holy, holy cow. So no question. And and look, you, you mentioned about how much better Baker's going to be next year and the pieces and all this stuff. I'm excited for Dave Canales in year two. Absolutely. And, you know, look, Absolutely. there was a lot of criticism early on him and a lot of eyeballs on him because the first time calling play since high school, 15, 20 yeah, years, whatever yeah, it was. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the offensive play calling her in the season was a little rough. And, and in part, I think they were trying to make Rashad White a type of running back he wasn't, and they found yep. ways to get him the ball and make him a very effective running back. And, and how good Absolutely. has he been the second half of the season? He, and he had a terrific game, by the way. Mm-hmm. Fantastic game. Absolutely. I think they found ways to uh, accentuate Baker Mayfield's positives. And, you know, I, I really think you saw Dave Canales change this offense and the play calling throughout the season. And they finally, the second half of the season, when they won six of seven before they lost on Sunday, you know, really the play calling got a lot better. And, you know, and I think it was a comfort from Baker Mayfield, a comfort from Dave Canales, and then figuring out what all these players did well and then letting them work. You know, yeah. like how critical were we of Rashad White early in the season? Oh, well, I, my hand's up higher than anybody's because mm-hmm. I, I really believe that if, if you're special, it shows up early. And this guy was, what, a season and a half into his career uh, and had one 100-yard game to show for it. And, and, Frankly, you know, even when there were some holes there, didn't seem to have great vision, um, didn't run as big as his body is. Everything changed, you know, and, and it was just a matter of that offensive line getting comfortable, him getting comfortable with the new offense. And then they also moved him uh, a little closer to the line of scrimmage to help that with the timing of some of those plays. They really ran their offense out of the pistol as much as anything the second half of the season, and that seemed to help Rashad. And he, he creased them today. I mean, if the Bucks had stayed or gotten a lead in this game, I'm convinced they would have. They could have run it for eight minutes if they needed to. You know, that's just how how effective they were at running the football. Not so great at protecting Baker. Um, you know, there were. I think noise was part of that. There was a play where uh, Aiden Hutchinson comes off the ball, and I think Luke Gedeke is still in his stance out here. There's at least uh, twice that he was field. left unblocked, which that can't happen. It just can't happen. Even if you even if you're slow off the count. You still got to look his way, right? Like you still have to make a move towards towards a guy like Aiden Hutchinson that's over your shoulder, and there's nobody else out there to block him. There's no tight end. Like you're on an island, and you got to know that he's out there. So I'm not sure what what, what all went on with that. Um, the protection wasn't, you know, left a little to be desired, and they didn't get any turnovers, which you know is usually a sign of whether they're going to win or not. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know, Baker fought and this team fought with him every step of the way. And, and, and there was there was a time, you know, after that 92-yard drive at the end of the first half when they tie the game, uh, I looked at John Romano and I was like, they they got the ball coming out, you know, and if they do something with it, and they didn't, they wound up getting to the 40-yard line, I think, and then had a couple of negative plays. But, uh, you know, if they had – taken that second half kickoff gone down and gotten a lead then then the momentum really switches sidelines because 
these lion fans were nervous. You know, they they were into it. They didn't stop screaming, but it, you could tell there was a little bit of more than a little bit of anxiety uh, when the Bucks kept answering. You know, the way they did at the end of the half, and then again down seventeen to you know to ten, and so I I, I really do believe they would have felt more pressure. But look. I mean, this was an enjoyable team to cover. These are good players. Uh, they're good guys. Now, they need more. They need a lot more, obviously. And there's going to be more changes. You know, we don't know uh, what the situation is going to be like, say, for example, for Shaq Barrett. Um, you know, and they're going to take some salary cap hit on him. But uh, I think keeping him is going to cost them more if they did. And certainly he didn't have the production uh, that you'd like to see. Went through a hell of a lot. and you, Your heart goes out to him. He did. I think he had a sack in this game. Yes, he did. Um, but, you know, like you've got some of those, you know, guys that aren't still under contract, but guys you have to make decisions on nonetheless, even if it means taking some dead money, but the dead money is less than what paying his salary will be. So that's going to be the job of Jason Light and Mike Greenberg, um, you know, all those guys, John Spytek, to try to figure out, okay, so we, we, we kind of threaded the needle here. It worked. We got back to the postseason. Hell, we won a postseason game, and frankly, you know, we're 13 minutes away from playing for a, a, a Super Bowl to go to the Super Bowl. Um, and you know, now what? Right. Mm-hmm. And job one will be to re-sign a quarterback. Um, and then you know, quickly after that, they have to deal with Mike. They certainly have to deal with Worfs and Winfield, and I think they they got the franchise tag for that. But this is this football team. A lot of a lot of players grew up. A lot of players mm-hmm. really got better. You know, KJ Britt is going to be their Mike linebacker next year. Yep, there's no question in my mind. That dude, like he's not he's not very fast and he's not great in coverage. And those are all things you know you worry about. But um, flat out serious cat about ball knows the defense. Impactful player, uh, and if he's lucky enough to have Avante David come back anywhere near the level of, uh, you know, play that he had, you know, this year, mm-hmm. then they're going to be really, really good uh, together. Yeah, I thought Kalijah Kansi, who had a great game today. Oh, fantastic. You know, seeing his development, Yaya Diabis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just seeing how much better those two have gotten. Right. You know, um, I think Kate Otten's improved a lot. He has. Um, those last couple games. Mm-hmm. And still, you know, blocking-wise could still need some help, but – um, but as a receiving tight end, he's definitely improved. Rashad White improved a ton this year. Not a rookie, per se, neither was Otten. But, um, you know, can Trey Palmer take the next step next year? Uh, you know, guys like that. I mean, that's what's going to determine the success of this team. And then, you know, can Jason Light and crew have another good draft? Yeah, that's what it's going to take. And they're not going to be and picking they're drafting very high. Late. They're going to be draft late now. And then the other negative for them, because they won the division, is they have a first-place schedule, and that includes teams like the Baltimore Ravens and the 49ers yep. and the Detroit Lions. <laughs> so they're right back into the into the mix next year. They're going to have to find a way to put together a really good football team against a bunch of tough opponents that other teams in the South aren't necessarily going to play. All right, we'll get to uh, – uh, this is a doubleheader. As a matter of fact, uh, in Detroit, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I guess, as we do this, are they still playing, Steve? No, they lost 2-1. to one. Oh, they lost. Snapped okay. their five-game well, win streak. Double dip here in uh, in mm-hmm. uh, Detroit for the for the Tampa Bay teams. Not so good. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk about that. And I uh, just want to remind you guys before we wrap this up, 
For the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar, they've been installing solar energy systems in Florida. Now they provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service, while helping homeowners cut energy costs with environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is covered. Solar Insure also even survives May Electric Solar. It's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. This policy will also transfer to new homeowners with no fee. It's not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of its program, and May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. One update on that too, Rick. We had uh, Mr. Uh, Chris Belts, who we told you about a couple months ago, uh, yeah. chose May Electric Solar to go solar. Well, he's got his solar in now, so he's receiving. Awesome. He got a tax credit last year. He's saving over $300 a month in his electric now, So, and he's a big listener Yo. of the podcast too, so thank you for listening, yeah, Chris. Sh- shout out uh, to him, and uh, yeah, he can tell you that this, uh, you know, it's a great product. Um, Billy May and those guys do an unbelievable job, all their own all their own workers. Uh, they guarantee mm-hmm. their work. I, I don't know what else you could ask for, but uh yeah, uh, all the customers that uh, have contacted us in the past, like like him, have have all been very um, very pleased with it, and we're happy to have him uh, as our as our sponsor too. That's really important to us. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, around the National Football League, did I see this right? I missed the game. The Chiefs are going back again. Uh, Two words, wide right. Oh no! Buffalo they did missed not. missed a game tying field goal. They did not. They did wide right at the end of the game. Uh, late, very late. I mean, oh, uh, less goodness. than two minutes. Oh my goodness! It's heartbreaking. Josh Allen is always a bridesmaid in this yep. Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen uh, series. And the Bills were given a gift because McCall Hardeman fumbled at the goal line to go up by two scores and went through the end zone. Out of bounds, so it was a touchback Buffalo. So instead of being up two scores, it was just up three or four, whatever it was, the point. Wow. Your, your favorite play. Yeah, exactly. So, But, yeah, well, the Buff- uh, Kansas City Chiefs go to Baltimore, who has not hosted a conference championship ever. game in 53 years. The city. <laughs> right, the old Colts, right? <laughs> yeah. Don Shula's Colts. Yes. Yeah, that's incredible. Um that game was uh, like, good for about a half, the Ravens and Texans. Yeah, you know, the, the Ravens kind of sloshed around. I guess uh, Lamar Jackson got into his players' faces at halftime, said, you know, a few few naughty words, and then they went out and they pretty much did their did their mm-hmm. deal, their due diligence there. I think um, Green Bay had a great chance against San to Francisco. Me, to me, Green Bay blew a, a golden opportunity to get to the championship game, and, and that would have been right here in Detroit instead – it's in San Francisco. Now, credit Brock Purdy. Everybody's been like, oh, system quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, that system quarterback had a Montana-like drive. 
late in the game, take them down, score a touchdown. Yep. Um, but then I thought, you know, you, you know, you get in these situational football stuff, you know, with uh, Jordan Love. He has he has over a minute to go. He has timeouts, and he just needs a field goal to tie. And on second down, he throws one across the field on the run into the three guys between him and his receiver mm-hmm. and gets picked off. And that's one where you just go, hey, man, the clock is not an issue. The down is not an issue because we're going four downs, you mm-hmm. know, uh, every every series. And just live the fight another day. Yep. And, you know, he, he thought he could fit it in there, and he made just an egregiously bad decision. Or, you know, they could, they could, of course, they missed the field goal. They could have yeah. easily, and I mean easily, beaten the 49ers. So I think we're ripe for an but upset. But Baker kind of did the same thing. I mean, it wasn't in yeah. the three guys. Uh, you know, it was one right. guy, and but he was – his receiver wasn't open. No, at no point. And he said it after the game. He mm-hmm. said, look, I got to know better. And he is a much more experienced quarterback mm-hmm. than Jordan is. But he's like, you know, in that situation, you're going four downs. Like, just that fourth down when you know you're going to go for it yep. changes the play calling. They're going to play back because they're trying not to give up the easy score. They want you to use clock and your timeouts. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to have guys open right underneath for right. – uh, for easy completions, and Baker just tried to take a little too much there yep. with Chris Godwin, and and it cost them the game. Um, I don't know if they go down and kick a field goal, but you know what? Even though McLaughlin missed one, shockingly from fifty yards, I feel pretty good about him from that distance. So, you know that that certainly well they needed uh, was a, the, they needed a touchdown game. at that point. They needed a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were, and a two point conversion because which, which is the other had, reason why Detroit was playing softer is they weren't trying to get the field goal range. They had to get a touchdown. That's right. That's correct. You're correct. And the two point conversion was a result of them going for it after they scored mm-hmm. um, and not getting it. And uh, that's the analytical stuff. What do you think you of know, the that, call or the non call on the two point conversion? The pass interference. Oh uh, yeah. I like. I just call. don't. I, I thought it was the correct call because Mike didn't go fight for the ball. He just. Yeah, kept, I don't think he just you're kept running get backwards. That. There was no impedance because he didn't try for the ball. Right. I think he. Yeah. Exactly. I think he should have come back and try to. He needed to stop know, and go for the ball. Yeah. Let the guy run into him. Let yeah. him back into him. Whatever you got to do. But yeah, it wasn't. He didn't really. It wasn't a good finish by Mike, who didn't have some good finishes in this game. Mm-hmm. He had some unbelievable plays, yes. but then he had some plays I know he would like to have back. I just saw a lot um, of people on Twitter saying, you know, complaining about it. I was like, if you're not going to fight for the ball, you shouldn't get a pass interference call. No, I think you're right. And, and I thought that, they, I, to be honest, I thought the referees let them play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when it was egregious and it was obvious they threw the flag. But yep. when, and the other thing was, how about Chris Godwin? Knowing the rules that you can run a pick play within one yard. Yep. Well, Baker immediately went to the official when they when they threw the flag. Yeah. Baker was yeah. running up there, going one, one yard, one yard. That's right. He gets one yard to to make contact, yep. and he and he stopped right there, and he did it, and he made sure he got the pick. And Kate Otten, you know, was in the end zone again. Kate's Kate's gotten better. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. He also had a drop, but he's gotten much better in these last few weeks. Eight catches a week ago. Um you know, like I said, they've got some good young players and they've got some experienced guys now that are just kind of coming into their own in their prime. Um, but the whole thing will be the quarterback, and I, I just I don't know where they go there. So, uh, yeah, so the, the games over the weekend, I thought, you know, were, were pretty entertaining. I mean, the, obviously the close one was the Packers in San Francisco, Baltimore for a half. The Texans just too many penalties. The noise got them. They had like seven or eight false starts. They were sloppy. That looked you know, like a young team that just yeah. didn't have the experience. Yeah, exactly. And they're they're going to get better as a mm-hmm. result of it, but they're not quite there yet. 
who knows if they add a Mike Evans, maybe they maybe they will be there. Um, we'll see because that's certainly a, a place you know where they could use an experienced uh, wide receiver, and he'd be going back home again, just house outside of Galveston. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's 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 always interesting to me, Steve. Whenever these seasons end, how abruptly they end. You know, you're you're in a grind. You're kind of you know every week these guys are out there, and we've been out there since July. And it's, you know, week to week business. And then you're in the postseason. It's like, er, that's it. <laughs> and, and this team will never be together again. And, and you could tell a lot of guys were, uh, you know, trying to take their time and, and uh, say their goodbyes. And, um, you know, and now we're, we're into an off season of real uncertainty, I think. And I, I believe uh, although, that Baker Mayfield will be back. I do. I think it's more certain than we thought this off season was going to be. I mean, just think a month or two, well, two months ago. Right, and we were thinking, coaching change, yep. yeah, quarter, coach, head quarterback coaching change. change. That's right. That's um, right. You know, and who knows what other change? And now, yeah. look, it's a great point. Todd Bowles is going to be back, and his yep. staff is, for the most part, going to be back unless Canales were to get a head coaching job, or you know, they they may want to make a few changes here and there. But for the most part, you know, it's going to be back. We're right. assuming they're going to figure out a way to get Baker Mayfield back, and it sounds like he wants right. to be here as well. So usually when a quarterback wants to be there, and the team wants the quarterback. They'll figure it out. Like that's yeah, the most important happen. position on the field, right? You know, and so, yet money will dictate that, and somebody mm-hmm. could come and blow him away. Well, your you hope know? is you sign him before he gets to free agency. Well, absolutely, yeah, um, absolutely. But I think it's a lot less uncertainty than we thought it was going to be two months ago. That's a great point. No, you're right. Um, starting with the head coach, because mm-hmm. obviously that sets the tone for everything. If you have a new head coach, and every team in the NFC South does, exception of the Bucks in New Orleans. Um, and there's a lot of head coaching changes that we're going to be talking about over the next couple of days and weeks um, where it's going to look totally different. Right. But even know. even looking ahead to next year, okay. Uh, so, you know, Tampa Bay, I think a lot of this team's going to be back, and I think, you know, the the coach and the offense coordinator and the quarterback, you're happy with all that. Is New Orleans happy with Derek Carr as their quarterback? Right. Or Jameis Winston? Heck, are they even really happy with their head coach? I know a lot of the fans aren't. Right. right, uh, right. Carolina's going to have a new head coach. And we have no idea what Bryce Young is going to be. I mean, you know, okay, much like Trevor Lawrence had an awful first year, he might turn out to be a star. Who knows? We don't know yet. Let's figure right. out who his coach is going to be in that. Atlanta's going to have a new head coach, and they got to, they got to figure out who their quarterback is. They got to have a quarterback too. Yeah, you know, I mean, and what if it's Belichick? Right, is the head coach? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't know. But looking at this division, you're going. I really like Tampa Bay going into next. Now it's you haven't got to the free agents. We haven't got to the draft. You know all that stuff, but. Yeah. When you start looking at certainties and you know stability and that going forward, you like Tampa Bay's position better than anybody else in this division. Uh, I would agree with you. Yeah, I think New Orleans has a chance to bounce back. They got to get sure. younger on defense. Um, you know, Carl will probably be better in his second year. They have some con- continuity wins in the NFL. Um, so if you're not firing coaches every year, that's a plus. Uh, and believe me, I know a lot of enough people mm-hmm. you know wrote me about Todd Bowles. You should be <laughs> glad that he's that he's back. I mean, you really should because he did a hell of a job with this group, and they're developing and they're getting better. Um, they just got to add some more pieces and see what they can do. All right, uh, we're gonna have all week long Bucks talk. I'm sure mm-hmm. um, Todd Bowles will talk early this morning. I think around ten thirty or eleven. Players will be checking out. Um, we will talk about them on the podcast. You can also send your uh, mailbag questions to us. Um, Send us to us on Twitter at uh, SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. From a now quiet Ford Field, <laughs> after my ears are ringing, 
the Bucks have ended their season with a, uh, a tough but uh, competitive loss here to the Detroit Lions, who move on to play the 49ers next Sunday in the NFC Championship. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.